healing, self-care, mental health, laugh, joy, women, real black girl shit, to be whole is to be healed, black girl joy, healing journey, black woman be whole. Okay, welcome back, fam, for another episode of the Black Woman Be Whole podcast. It's your girl, Kim, here with Adnisha and Marquia. And today's topic, we want to talk about is self-care. And this segment is entitled, Self-Care is a Verb. So, Marquia, what does self-care being a verb mean to you? Self-care is something that you have to actively choose to do, right? Everyone talks about like, oh, I'm going to take a bubble bath or like all of these like, you know, fun and fluffy things. But self-care is so much more than just the cool pampering shit, right? Sometimes you have to go see a therapist. Sometimes you have to make the choice to make sure that you make healthy meal selections for the week. Or maybe it's a situation where you have to get up and work out. But at the end of the day, it's something that you choose to do actively to make sure that you are good and take care of self. I love that. I love like, just get to it. It's an action. And I think that we like to throw it around, but it's a real action. And for me, like one of my biggest kind of self-care moments is boundaries, right? Around my time and my energy. But I think before we can talk about all of that, we have to go to like, what are the messages like we received, you know, in our households around taking care of yourself and what that looked like. And so well, I'll just kind of, mm-hmm. I'll just kind of start it off. Um, I'm one of seven children. So my mom has seven kids straight up, one apartment, all of us together. I don't know if my mom ever took care of herself, y'all. <laughs> I just saw her working outside of the home. And then when she got back in the home, she was working. Um, she was somebody's wife. So like I saw her taking care of my dad. Um, most of my life, we all lived together with my grandma. So my grandmother was there too. So she probably was tending to her needs as well. So I never even heard of like self-care in my household at all. I got to tell you, like, I didn't start hearing about that until I got much older. And even when I got older, I do believe that I felt like it was something that was for white women. I didn't really think it was something that was for black women, right? Because I think for a lot of us, and I'll speak for myself first, I've been conditioned to take care of other people. So nobody talked to me about taking care of myself, right? Because as a sister, and I'm an older sister and a younger sister, but I was taught to take care of my siblings, right? My grandmother was older. I took care of her. Now my parents are older. I take care of them. As soon as I got married, I not, now I got to make my husband plate when we at cookouts. Like I'm always trying, they always got me taking care of someone. <laughs> so I think that that is the real issue here is that as a black woman, there was no message for me around self-care. I had to figure out what that was for myself. And so like I was saying before, for me, it became around having boundaries around my time and my energy. Because if I allowed it, everyone would take a piece of me. And then at the end of the day, the end of the night, I will be left with nothing, just suck dry. And so, yeah, yeah, those are the messages I received. So Marquia, what about you? 
I would agree. I think it was definitely, you know, brought to us as some white people shit, right? Like, you don't need to do that. And like, maybe like, I would see my mom, like, go get her nails done, maybe, but for the most part, she did everything for herself. So it wasn't until, you know, I had a really bad experience with like, my mental health not being good and understanding like, wow, I really need to do things to make sure that I'm okay. I need to check in with me. I need to make sure that I am good. So initially it wasn't something that was like ingrained in me, but over time it was something that I realized was very important. It's something that I'm very protective of. So like, I know I mentioned in the last episode, I really am into working out. That is something that I have to protect. That is something that has to happen for me to be okay and be a functioning person. If I do not do that, you will not enjoy getting to know me because it will just not be pleasant for either of us. (laughs) So I need that. I don't necessarily need to go to a salon that's not necessarily my zhuzh, but definitely a workout, definitely, you know, time to myself um, are very, very important things in order to make sure that the machine that is me is able to still run um, without breaking down. Yeah, I think that that's, um, that's important that we, it's really sad that we start to come to the realization about self-care as we get older. And what if we had ingrained, had this ingrained in us when we were younger, we wouldn't need to have like, all those, you know, years that have gone by where we missed out on that. I think for me, um, you know, the message that I received about self-care was like, there is none for you. You are supposed to grind and give until you, you know, until you look like a husk. I mean, I grew up in a very matriarchal family, you know, my mom and her sisters, they were, you know, they were out working hard, hustling, sometimes two jobs, auntie took care of the kids or the older cousins took care of us. And so it's that, I think that's cultural, you know, when you come from a large family, there, there has to be a way to kind of um, be able to pass on the, 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 the caretaker needs. And so everyone gets pulled into it, but mostly the women do. And I think that that's, that's a shame because, um, you know, children need all, I, all spectrums of um, adults to be in their lives. And I think, um, I watched the women in my lives like really just work so hard and take on so much. And then when I see them now, it's like, oh, you, you deserve more, you know? And I think that that's really a a sad part. And so I do have examples of what I don't want for myself as I get to that particular um, age range. And, and what that means is what do I need to do now in order to make sure that's not my future as well? You know, that generational, you know, just like trauma, there's generational self-care or how you see yourself. And um, I think it's, you know, the messages that I want to pass on to our, my younger family members, like take care of yourself, take care of your mental health, because it's not just for yourself, it's for your community, right? Like self-care, community care, that's the kind of thing we talk about. So my relationship to self-care, you know, going into that, um, I think being very vocal about my needs and, you know, saying no, um, going back to boundaries. I was always a yes person and I would just fit it in. Right. Like, okay, I said yes to four things. And then my job is to like, make it work. And so I ran my, I was exhausted just trying to meet the needs of family and friends and lots of family. And, you know, this person needs me. Oh, got to loan someone this money and blah, blah, blah. So I think um, the best thing I could have done for myself is like, saying no um to things not saying not saying yes so quickly right yeah i think that um so 
what I want to point out, Kim, is what I hear you saying is that you have to be very intentional about it because of the messages that you received. You know, you can kind of get caught up and start taking care of people again and saying yes to people and not really thinking about yourself. So I'm really glad that you brought up that part because I realized that this is this has to be intentional for whoever decides to, you know, make self-care a part of your life. You have to be intentional about it. And so for me, I've been really intentional about those boundaries coming from such a large family. It's seven grandchildren, um, seven siblings. It's just a whole heap of us. And so everybody has needs. And so I've learned how to also let people know what my needs are um, in a way that I think that I didn't know how to do before because I just thought that I just had to make sure everyone else was okay and eventually I would be okay. That I would feel good because I was able to help other people. And then I started realizing that that didn't work for me because it didn't work when I was giving and others wasn't giving back. So I had to have those boundaries and I had to start to say no and I had to learn how to communicate my needs and my wants to people. So that became my self-care. Um, I think now where I am in my life, I'm just trying to figure out when I wake up every day, what do you need, Anisha? Like, what do you need to get through this day? And then figuring it out and doing it. Again, being intentional about it. So I'm really glad that you kind of brought up that part about being intentional. And that's my relationship to self-care. I'm very intentional about it because I realize if I'm not, it may not happen. So Maria, are you intentional? Because I think I hear you intentional about your working out. Are you intentional about other parts of your self-care as well? Yeah. I mean, like, obviously, like, I'm very intentional about my workouts, as you all both know, like, there will be times when you want to meet and I'm like, well, I have Brookline, so I'll catch you after that. I could do after 830 because that's when my workout ends. And that's your boundary. Um, we respect that it. That is a very hard boundary. And, and we also, you it. both know that I am, like, not good with boundaries, but somehow for that, I've found all of the willpower to be like, no, <laughs> I can't do that. Even with like recording these sessions, right? I was like, uh, after I can do a fact, we can totally meet up. Um, so I'm very intentional about that. I was able to find a therapist recently. So I do have that as a thing as well um, that I'm intentional about, you know, that's a part of self-care too, making sure that, you know, my mental health is, you know, somewhat together, all things considered, it is a pandemic. Or is a, it's a panty now. Did you know that? Like people are calling it a panty. Like they have oh, that sounds found weird. a name. <laughs> like a panini? What is that? Oh, no, I can't. It's a panty instead of a pandemic. They're trying to make panini. it cute. It's not cute, y'all. Right. And ain't it's no like way nothing to, about no way to dress cute. this up. <laughs> um, so yeah, like, you know, I've definitely been dealing with therapy. Also trying to balance out like how many hours a day I'm willing to work and like what that looks like and not answering the phone if I don't want to talk to people. Like I'm getting better at that. Like if I don't want to be bothered, if I don't feel like talking, I'm not, I'm not going to anymore because it's just going to annoy me. So why do that? So I've definitely learned to be very protective of the times that I need um, to make sure that my mental health is together. So yeah, I'm definitely very intentional about my nose <laughs> when it comes to interfering with things that make me feel good. You know, the power of no is just, it's amazing. I think um, I, when I was younger, I just never had the opportunity to say no, you know, culturally, like you don't get to say no if somebody tells you to do something like you still do it, even though you don't feel good or right doing it. And it's just like, 
you know, we, we learned our boundaries, our, 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 you know, relationship with boundaries, you know, from our families. And sometimes um, we have bad boundaries because of that conditioning. You know, we talk about, you know, the people who um, condition us, your origin story, the people who raise you. And, you know, it starts with them and what they give to you. And then either you carry it on or you let it go. You know, I think a lot of us are letting things go as we get older, but damn, I wish I had this in like, when I was a teenager in my twenties, then some of this shit wouldn't have to be so hard. <laughs> you know, like what the hell? Definitely in your twenties. I think um, I'm fortunate now to be in my thirties. I'm not mid thirties yet, but <laughs> <laughs> being okay, in my thirties <laughs> and having this, like it helps figure it out. I think like when you're in your twenties, it's just such a cluster and no one ever really helps you understand things right so even early 30s we need it too so like this is a good thing to have this conversation and let black women know it's okay like you don't have to be your mom or your grandma or these other people in your life and just feel like you can't take a minute to yourself like you need you too girl yeah I think you know, um funny Kim you were talking about when you were younger um I think that traditionally in black households as a kid, you don't get to have an opinion. Like you just, you, you don't get to have a voice at all. You are just there. And if you're told to do something, you are supposed to just say yes. And you're supposed to just do it. So I think about why this wasn't a part of our lives saying no and having boundaries because it feels like it's not part of the black experience. Now I'm not saying that is all black households, but I would say most of them, you get your butt beat if you don't do what you are told to do. There is no saying, no, I don't want to do that. There is no having an opinion around what is best for you. And so now you have these kids grow up to be adults who don't have a voice in their own lives. In their own, right? They just feel like they just have to kind of go with the flow and say yes. And so we have to start this very early. You know, the six-year-old, we have to let them have an opinion. We have to ask them questions and make less statements. Hey, do you want to do this? What, what are the options? Give them options. And these are something that for me, I didn't have. And I think that my parents are great parents, but that's what they were taught. That's how they were taught. They were from the South. And that's just what it was. They told, you to, they told me to do something. I better do it. I didn't get to have an opinion. Now I tried. I'm not going to lie. I was that kid and was like, so why does it have to go like this? But I was also that kid that got they butt beat. So you learn after a while not to kind of have that opinion. So I think that that has stayed with a lot of us, you know, throughout the years. Yeah, but I think that that's a good point that you bring up, though, right, about the whole like when people talk about your inner child, this is the part that they're talking about, right? Like you have to heal that piece because an adult, when you show up for yourself and I'm not trying to take your job, Anisha, but I have learned <laughs> that when you don't have that ingrained in you. That's right, girl, you go to therapy. Yes, so I learned, I pay attention out. Um, but <laughs> when it comes to being an adult and having to stand up for yourself, it's very hard because you don't know how to do it. You don't have that tools and you don't have that skill set, right? So you have to learn as early as possible to be like, okay, it is okay to have boundaries and it doesn't make you a bad person. If you say no, it doesn't make you, you know, less than if you're not able to do something, but those things get ingrained in you so heavily 
that if you take time off, you feel lazy, or if you're not able to do something, you feel like a failure. So it shows up in other ways. And that's when we get imposter syndrome and all these other things um, that show up constantly for us. But I agree, it's very, very important to, if you are a parent, make your child feel empowered to have that voice so that when they come in those situations as an adult person, that they're able to show up for themselves. Because at the end of the day, girl, when you're not around, they're not like, you're not there to help them through it. So you need to empower them and give them those tools to be successful. Yeah. And I would say also, I think it continues. It's a continuum, right? Like as we go through whatever, you know, spectrum life stages, how are we showing up to help other people, you know, see what self-care is about. I mean, you know, yeah, you got your, I got my butt beat, but I was also like very oppositional, like any, like my, like my aunts or like my family members would tell you, oh my God, you were so bad. And I was like, no, I just didn't like want to deal with that shit. And you weren't going to change me. Like, you know, the thing like I realize about myself is that a lot of like where I am now is a result of me not or rejecting some of the things that were trying to be pushed on to me. Right. And so I I was always a going against the grain in some regard. And so I had to kind of develop something to be okay with that because it's like you, like you said, you got your butt beaten and then eventually you learn. That's just like conditioning. Like, okay, if this happens, then this will happen. So I'm not going to do that anymore. And I'm going to, you know, shift my behavior or my words to this particular thing. And so I think it's very important that we understand how do we help other people see that, even our older generation, because they still are important people to the community, especially to like, you know, older kids and older people. And so, you know, they always say you can't teach an old dog new tricks, but I think it's important for us to help the older people to understand that while you're here, like you still have um, an obligation to maybe change some things for to help you know your kids or your your other family members see that mental health can be important as well you know I think a lot of my work with women um in therapy is around boundaries I mean that's probably like one of the nine things that I work on is boundaries and kind of just having a voice in their relationships and a lot of this comes from childhood when we didn't have a voice And then it seems like when we turn a certain age, everyone expects us to then have a voice, but you never taught me how to have one. But the expectation is that I have one. That's so I think that's really interesting. (laughs) So people come to my office and they're in their thirties maybe, and they don't understand why they don't have that voice. And I'm like, oh, because you were never taught to have it. You don't even know what it really looks like. And so we have to really do that work and it takes so much time. But what I'm grateful for is that people are realizing, especially black people like, oh, I can go to therapy. It doesn't mean that I'm crazy, right? Like, let's get that out. Like right now, therapy has nothing to do with being crazy. Like all I'm saying is that I am willing to sit with someone and talk about my thoughts, my feelings and my behaviors and how they impact me. That's it. That's it. I have people who come see me every week and we just talk about what's going on in their lives. And they've gotten a chance to say, and we actually role play, right? Because again, that voice, you don't always know how to use it. You don't always know how to communicate your needs. And we go through it and it's super helpful. And so for me, who before I became a therapist, I was in therapy 
you know, I had that and I appreciated it. And I remember like whenever something would go down and I would say no to my family, I would use my therapist. I'd be like, well, my therapist said that I can't. And they're like, what? What do you mean your therapist said? But I didn't know how to have a voice yet. You know what I understand? Like I didn't want everybody to be mad at me. So I just said, she said it, which she probably did some of it, but like, it was like, I, I use her until I can use myself. That's what I'm trying to say. Until I can say, I said, I don't want to do it. I would say my therapist said that I can't because I'm, I'm we working on this. So I can't do this thing. So I'm so grateful that in time, I was just able to take accountability because they were my feelings. And if somebody was going to be mad, they would just have to be mad. And I think mm. that that's that place that we have to get to. That's it's hard like, to okay, though. No, I got to stand up for myself. But I think is that is that a is that a form of self care as well though, right? Like teaching your family how to respect your boundaries is that considered a form mm. of self care? Mm. Do because I mean, if Hell that is yeah. the case, right? We're teaching old dogs new tricks. It's really hard because I have you know my dad is over sixty, so there'll be things like he's trying. Daddy definitely is trying. Okay, but pop, how pop, do pop. you? But you know I me mean? like how do you say? So, okay, dad, I did not like this. I want you to do this because I'm a firstborn. So like to what Anisha was saying, like, don't get too spicy. Like don't jump out the window too far because it might not go well for you. So as a 33 year old adult, right? How do I say and feel comfortable? Hey, I don't like this because little me is like, no, girl, <laughs> don't, don't do it because it may not go the way you want it to. Um, so I think that that's a thing that we also have to remember too, is prioritizing that you have to teach your parents. You're an adult now. Right. And they have to, I mean, again, don't take this information as you see fit. Do not go up in your mama's house and talk crazy and say, we told you to do that. <laughs> You're not going to get no whipping, though. Come we on. need a disclaimer over here. Anymore. You know, not get a whipping, might, but you, you might, might get, get a shoe You might catch the fade. Ooh. You might catch a real quick fade. <laughs> you so. might get a shoe thrown at you. Stop playing. <laughs> Bam Bam so. got that left hook ready. <laughs> so we're not saying go, you know, run up, get done up. I'm not suggesting that at all. <laughs> but what I am <laughs> suggesting is being able to find a space where you can say, I don't like this and it makes me uncomfortable. And, you know, if this continues, maybe I can't engage with you in this way moving forward. Um, just a thought and a suggestion. Again, if you run up and get done up, that is your business. I like that though. Cause I think about, you know, I'm number four of the seven, right? So I'm right smack dab in the middle. And so my older siblings, I had to let them know that we're not little kids anymore, right? Like you're older than me, but like you being six years is not really a big deal now that we all grown, right? And so how do you guys see me in this new light? Like I gotta let you know who I am today and that you have to treat me accordingly, right? And like, what is that like when the relationship has to change and the role that I play in the family changes now? So you have to treat me differently. So I remember trying to have those conversations with my oldest brother. He's like eight years older than me, nine years, something like that. But it was like, it had to get done because you just can't treat me like little Anisha anymore, right? Like, nah, I'm a full grown adult. I take care of myself, all of the things. And it was really hard for him at first. But I have to say, you know, the same condition, you know, we talk about conditioning. You have to condition someone sometimes of how to treat you. Like, because if I didn't say anything, 
he would still be the same person he was. And I'm gonna tell you what he is. He's short with people. Like he just super short. Like he'll just end a phone call. Y'all just hang up. I'm mid sentence. He just hang up and don't say nothing else about it. Don't think that he was being rude. I had to let him know. I was like, yo, that's rude. That hurts my feelings when you do that. He was like, really? But he would have never known if I didn't tell him. So that's the whole point that we do have to speak up and we can't expect people to read our minds. Mom reading don't work, right? Like we can't expect people to know that we don't like their behaviors. We have to tell them. And, and again, all of this is a part of self-care. Forget about the massages and the spas and the mani and pedis. Excuse my language. That shit is not self-care. That's putting a Band-Aid on a bullet wound. That's all that is. And we ain't about that in 2020, 2021. I ain't putting no more Band-Aids on bullet wounds. Okay. Say it. Say quote, it with your chest. Quote them for real. Quote it. <laughs> quote <laughs> Put it on a t-shirt. No, I think that like... And self-care is really also about just honoring like your emotions, right? Like we talk about that. And I think when you realize how people see you, you know, you've changed, but others don't because they haven't been on that journey Mm -hmm. with you. And so you have to, like you said, you have to tell them who you are. I got to reintroduce myself to you because I'm not Kim who was doing some wild, risky shit. Like, okay, yeah, there's a little bit of that in me because that doesn't go away, but like, (laughs) Who I was in my 20s is definitely not who I am in my 40s. <laughs> you said it. I, I, hold up. If y'all could see Kim's face right now where she was about to say 40s and then she like paused it and then she said, fuck it, I'm going to say it. I gave a, a cow so like, hi there. Now that you said that, me and you went to college together. So now they know I'm in my 40s. Too. What you didn't out it? Everybody, Listen, you just hit me with we caught. My goal is Come to be Angela Bassett. Bassett good looks. Like, what's up, sixty looking like Angela? I got to work on that though, because I got to drink more water. <laughs> <laughs> but I think also there's something to be said for with self care, preparing yourself for everyone not being accepting of you saying what you said, right? Mm-hmm. Like you got to be on your knee leaks. I said what I said. And if that hurts <laughs> your feelings, I'm sorry. Um, likely wasn't my intention. But if I told you, girl, I don't want to talk to you today because I'm having a tough day and you still insist on calling me. This sounds very this personal. This what you get. This, is what you <laughs> like, get. This, this sounds like you don't respect boundaries. And now you got to be outside in the cold and understand that I said what I said. And I meant it. And you might be hurt. It doesn't mean that I love you any less, but it means that I had to prioritize me. I can't keep showing up for you if I'm not good. And I think getting comfortable with that discomfort is a thing that comes along with self-care as well. Like it's not always going to be warm and fuzzy. It's not. And what I love is nobody said selfish. Everybody said prioritizing myself. And that's the way we have to start looking at it. Boundaries, self-care is not selfish. Not at all. All it is is prioritizing you. And there's nothing wrong with prioritizing you. Because if I don't prioritize me, who should I be prioritizing? Let's be clear about that. Because if I'm not together, I can't help nobody. (laughs) I can't show up for not a one person. And for me being a therapist, if I'm not together, I can't show up for my clients. And that don't work for me. Because I made a decision to do this for a living and I love what I do. So I got to keep my shit right in order to help other people. And I realized that. So I'm in therapy every week and it's, it's, it's getting expensive. She charged what I charge. I'm like, damn, mm. but you know, I'm in there every week. <laughs> rich, rich nigga gang gang, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, I think um, focusing on you, not feeling selfish, like what if every woman had the opportunity to do that? There are just so many uh, women right now who are caretakers out the wazoo, kids, family, friends, like it sucks to be the person that the strong friend that everybody relies on. Like you just like, damn. I could imagine that it could like just uh, or even in this pandemic, like being a mom, you know, we know, you know, Chanel has um, lots of, you know, things going with like having to work and, you know, take care of Mason's schooling and his mental health. I think um, we'll we'll talk about Chanel more, y'all. Y'all know who she is if you follow us on the on the gram. Um, But I think just like there are a lot of different realities, like none of us have um, children. Right. And so I think there's that layer of it, too. And um, we're not all caretakers of parents, like daily caretaking or, you know, in, in some shape or form. And so I think, you know, there are a lot of people for whom this self-care message will never resonate with because they're so mired in taking care of everyone else that they can't even see time to find, you know, like sometimes you can't even take a, a shit because the kids are in the damn bathroom with you. <laughs> You're like, what is happening? You know, you see that, you hear that story, but just like you can't even use the bathroom by yourself. Like just, you don't get any time to even think about what self-care could mean for you. You know, we know that because we've had the opportunity to invest in that for ourselves. And I think that, you know, if you are listening to this and you are a person that's taking care of everyone or being pulled in a million directions, please take it from someone that has had a mental breakdown, literally. It is, catch yourself. If you feel like it's it's getting to be too much, if it's feeling it's getting to be too hard, you need to put that hard pause. Because when the shit really hits the fan, no one around you is going to know what to do because there you see you fixing it every single time. And they're going to look at you like, oh girl, could you please put yourself back together because I don't know how to help you. And it's not, it's not fun. And it's a really lonely and like weird feeling to ultimately see yourself outside of yourself and be like, wow, like I couldn't even pull myself together for me. How am I showing up for all these other people? You don't want to get to that point of having that reality and that wake up call. So put that hard pause. They'll be okay. I promise you they'll figure it out. Most people are very, very smart. Um, And if they're not smart, Google is right there. They'll figure it out. Um, But don't wait until you just don't have control anymore because it's just not, it's not worth it. It's not. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about prevention, like just so we don't get to that point. Cause that's how you, that's how you build good mental health and, and also relationships and managing expectations of relationships so that people know how to be in relationship with you. Um, and a lot of us don't have, like you said, it needs the tools to deal with that or to express that in a way that's um, healthy, respectful, but also, you know, in a way that people can understand that this is what I need from you. Yeah, definitely. But I think that that's why we are such self-care advocates, right? Black women be whole, because we want black women to realize you got to take, like Marquia said, like that pause, you know, and you have to prioritize yourself and you have to be able to communicate your needs, right. To other people. So, Yes, we're talking about self-care today, but we're always going to come back to that, right? Like that's always going to be a place where we live with Black Women Be Whole because we think it's so important because it's something that a lot of us never had. And so if we never have it, had it, excuse me, we got to give it to ourselves and we also have to get people around us. And that's what's going to become so important. They say it takes a village to raise a child. 
It takes, I think it takes a community to raise an adult. So you got to find your community. You have to find those people in your life that's going to respect the boundaries. That's going to respect that, hey, you prioritizing you, right? Like if I can't make it on that Zoom call tonight because I just need a moment, then it's okay. They're like, oh yeah, do you. Like we know you just need that time to yourself. So we're going to talk to you next week or whenever. You need to find that community. So we're always going to keep going back to self-care. Yeah, I think um, being a self-care advocate, (laughs) you got to do the work yourself, like you said, because- you can't do it if you, you can't do it for others if you don't do it for yourself because it, then it's not authentic. And it's like, well, OK, that's like somebody teaching me to drive who's never driven before. You don't even have a license. What the hell are you talking about? Like right. <laughs> you, you have walk to talk. Yeah. And I, and I find so many people. Um, this is not just like words on a paper or words that we're putting out there. I think um, believing in that and investing in that for ourselves is kind of the only way you model it or you. You, you work it out so then somebody doesn't have to go through that thing that you went through. Listen, walk it like you talk it and promise you I'm telling you from experience because Anisha can tell you it was bad, bro. <laughs> Anisha invited me to that focus group. <laughs> like, I know I can't be your therapist, girl, but maybe this can help you in the interim until we find you somebody. Um, and you just don't ever want to be in that space where you just feel so lost and so sad that you don't even know yourself like you got to do the preventative work like Kim mentioned like you just have to really take that time and be like no I need this for me and that's okay like it's really okay no is my favorite word it's a whole full sentence um I get real that's real right. good my nose. Whole full sentence. <laughs> period like, you don't period. have to say no thank you someone's like can you do this today no I can't end of discussion <laughs> that's and it. They're like, where's the rest of it? You're like, that's it. That's it. And I may not have something else to do, but what I don't want to do is this. <laughs> so I said no. <laughs> but I think that's culturally like we have this expectation, like, okay, well, if you do this, then then you're gonna continue continue doing it. And you're like, well, how did I get here? <laughs> now I'm in a cycle right. and a pattern of this behavior that I really don't enjoy. Like a well, lot of this is that. against our will, but we don't have the the language or I think the the fortitude yet because you got to I think therapy yes. um, and doing some intentional work around what that means for you and practicing I think that a lot of the times you get really frightened or afraid of like what the reaction is going to be from someone right like if we mm-hmm. tell them that like oh they're going to hate me or they're going to be mad and so we're always thinking about what someone is going to think of us Versus like, well, what if this thing was a, a thing that needed to be said for the both of us to like grow? You know, we skew towards the negative a lot in terms of things. You know, or we may have seen something that would say, well, if I do this, because I've seen such and such go off on the other such and such. You're like, okay, maybe I don't want to do that. So don't let nobody shake you. Don't be scared. Right. Don't be scared. Don't be <laughs> scared. I love that. I love that we're going to continue to talk about self-care. We're going to definitely get into some other aspects of self-care like this. This is very empowering, but then we got to, you know, examine when when we're the wrong people, when we're people wronging other people <laughs> and acknowledging our villainy, you know, because we can be bad too. It's not all. Isn't that funny? I noticed the crickets on Tuesdays. Wrong. <laughs> right, right. When keeping it wrong. <laughs> okay. The real self-care goes wrong. <laughs> you like, huh? And don't think we know that we ain't noticed y'all be real quiet on um Truthful Tuesday now. We- okay, those numbers are <laughs> low, low, low. We be like, let's do the work, and y'all be like, mm, 
not today. <laughs> Y'all be like, no, it's a complete sentence. <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. We get it. We all got work to do. And the evolution of this is, you know, it's going to take some time. Well, ladies, I love that we talked about this today. We are, let's wrap this up, right? Like, let's go on with the get on and do what we got to do because self-care is a verb. It's intentional. It is a Sunday. It is a Sunday. Go I have do not done something. my workout yet. We are working. Go ahead. <laughs> you know, we're going we're gonna to get it right. So let's wrap up segment three, episode three, because I think um, wow. we can go on and do what we need to do. Well, as always, oh, I look forward we to tell them every job. week, every <laughs> two weeks, we're going to give y'all some real black girl shit. Hey, we out. Girl shit. We'll see you soon. Real black girl <laughs> shit. Thank you so much for listening to the Black Woman Behold podcast. If you want to keep up with all things Black Woman Behold, you can follow us on Instagram at Black Woman Behold. You can find us on Facebook at Black Woman Behold. And check out our website where you can find out more about what we're doing. If we're having workshops, you can check out our cool merch and just keep up with what's going on. We hope to see you there soon. Thank you for listening to the Black Woman Be Whole podcast. If you want to keep up with what we're doing, you can find us on Instagram at Black Woman Be Whole, on Facebook at Black Woman Be Whole. You can even go to our website, blackwomanbewhole.com, where you can join our mailing list and you can find out what we're doing as far as events, where we'll be, if we're vending. You can also get a heads up on any information about upcoming podcasts and any product releases we're having. We appreciate you, sis. We'll see you next time.